Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to have a special episode because today Fintech meets PropTech. And this is thanks to an idea from Rebecca and the Swiss Fintech Association, who got me in touch with Lars, who is the managing director of the Swiss PropTech Association. And we're going to talk to Julian as well, who is the CEO of PriceHubble, well-known startup on the Swiss uh, PropTech scene. And why? Because to me, frankly, Fintech is any kind of business, maybe, but life sciences. And you will see why the Swiss PropTech Association and their members like PriceHubble are making the changes on the real estate market and how it relates to your finances and economics for you as buyers of real estate or investors or renters as well. Thank you very much, Lars and Julian, for joining us today. How are you? I'm actually doing very good and I'm very happy that we finally got together and are able to do this. Indeed, it's a pleasure connecting with uh, the two of you guys. Brilliant. So Lars, uh, let me start with you. Can you tell us what brought you to PropTech from the traditional real estate? To be honest, I actually stumbled into the whole real estate and uh, PropTech scene because I finished my master's degree in 2019. I was looking for a new challenge and I found employment at New Home. Uh, New Home is a Swiss marketplace and it's special because it's co-owned by the real estate industry, and also by 18 cantonal banks. So I found uh, employment there. I was working there for a year and suddenly realized there is a tremendous potential uh, of innovation and change that is about to happen in the real estate and construction industry. And roughly at the same time, the position as managing director of Swiss PropTech, which I will later explain, became open. And that's why I stumbled into this position. And now after a year, I'm really happy. We were able to develop quite nicely. We were able to grow again, as we've done over the past few years. And yeah, I'm really happy to see that innovation in our scene is moving on so nicely. So what is the Swiss PropTech Association? You're the managing director, as you mentioned. What are its goals and activities? So Swiss PropTech is an independent innovation and startup community. It's a company network, you can call it, basically, for the Swiss real estate and construction industry. It was founded four years ago by my predecessor, Mario, with the idea of giving a voice and a platform to the up-and-coming innovation movement in the Swiss real estate and construction industry, while simultaneously other associations were founded in Germany, in Austria, in the Netherlands, and in the UK as well. So its goal is to bridge prop techs, which are um, startups in the real estate and construction industry, with the established real estate and construction industry, bringing them together, uniting them, and showing that innovation in our, bra- in our industry is not just a short trend or a fast hype, but is actually a long-lasting trend. And 
it's going to change the way we build, the way we construct, and the way we um, work in this industry. And to give this uh, movement a platform, we found it's with PropTech. Um, we have different events that we do. We have different formats altogether. We have a full-day congress in which PriceHubble was also a sponsor. Thank you again very much. We have an annual lunch. We have an online community that we manage, roughly three. 1,500 followers on LinkedIn. We have regular mailings, uh, a yearly study that we're going to dive into later on together with Credit Suisse. And we have a yearly magazine, which ne the next issue will be in um, May. And in this magazine and in general, we tell stories of our members showing that our industry is changing and showing that innovation works and that it's going to work in the future as well. All right. Now, let's explain a little bit for the uninitiated listeners. What, how would you describe the Swiss PropTech scenes? Which are the most developed verticals if you compare it to FinTech? That's also a very broad term, right? There's so many verticals underneath that. So what are we talking about when we, when we mention PropTech, and especially in Switzerland? Uh, all right. So I would describe the Swiss PropTech scene as steadily growing and very well financed. So we have over 350 PropTech companies in Switzerland right now. The number has been growing for the past four years and actually grew during 2020, so the COVID year, meaning that innovative company founders were actually still around and were able to put new companies uh, on the PropTech map, as we call it. It's also very well financed. We have over 50 venture capitalists in Switzerland. We have a lot of money that's flowing around and that's actually being invested into these new ideas. So when we compare this to Austria and Germany, um, Austria being a market of comparable size, we're roughly three times bigger than um, our friends in Austria. It's, it's very well growing and it's uh, very well financed. And we see a huge growth in um, marketplaces. So it's a big vertical, I would call it. And But we also see that most prop techs, most um, companies are founded in the service industry. So these are the companies that are um, providing services to the real estate industry in general. I see the biggest potential in contacts because as we've heard about for a couple of weeks ago and as we see the way we construct buildings is changing so there are different expectations greener expectations so things have to be uh, more environmental friendly and that's why there is a lot of potential and probably going to be one of the biggest verticals um, in the contact industry so all prop techs that are focusing around constructions of buildings the construction materials and materials in general and the way we construct them I see. And from your perspective? I agree with, with Lars. What I would add to that is I, I do think the word prop tech is obviously much more recent than the fintech industry, right? It's something that started a few years ago. And with association like the Swiss prop tech, we do see a trend in a move players such as in investors, partners, potential um, um, customers are playing a movement here, playing a um, a big role in trying to move that that whole industry as a whole um, even further. It is true that the pandemic has helped a bit as well because obviously it was it has been much more complicated to deal with customers, to acquire new customers. And I think a lot of the players realized that there was a need to really work on the digitalization of that industry even more than we're used to and what we've done before. So I think it's a movement that is accelerating even more, um, I would say, in the last and had has accelerated in the last couple of years. Yeah, All right. and, um, if I may cut in again, Rudy, on top of that, we've seen that COVID actually worked as a, 
as an accelerator, as Julian said. So there's a joke going around who moved on with digitalization in your company. Was it the CEO? Was it the CIO? Was it COVID-19, right? And actually, a lot of people say that the fact that they had to move to their home office actually helped them along with their digitalization movement internally, which allows for a new mindset in general, seeing things differently, because now you had to do them differently. You see that they also worked. Right. So Julian, you're the CEO of Price Hubble. How did you get to do what you do today? And by the way, and maybe that's an optional question, how did you come up with the name Price Hubble? Because is that a wordplay for Price Bubble or what? No, the goal is not to have a wordplay on the Price Bubble. So maybe first um, on the quick intro, because actually I'm not the one that actually came up um, with the name Price Hubble. I'm the CEO, but not one of the founders. Uh, but happy to tell you me a bit more about the, the journey I had and then um, how that actually um, that name actually got created. So on, on my end, I actually have a background in mathematics. I'm an engineer by, by education. Um, and I actually moved to Switzerland about 10 years ago to join the fintech industry um, when I joined a startup at the time called Monipark. So Monipark is today one of the, the actually leading mortgage broker um, in the country. And I joined the company quite early on uh, when we had about 10 people. I was actually working on the product um, product team and stayed at about five years. And at the end of, the, um, of my journey, I was the chief product officer in the company. And actually, at, toward the end of my tenure um, at Money Park, Priceable was already created. And I actually ended up being one of the first customers um, of Priceable. So I used their solution um, at Money Park to improve our customer journey um, at the time. Um, then I actually left um, Money Park, decided to go back to school, as I said, I moved to the US to do my MBA there for about two years. And when I came back, Priceable was growing fast, entering new markets. Um, they wanted more hands in the management team. And because I knew the founders, I had worked with them, I knew the management team, I was a customer before. So that background and fit was actually matching pretty well. So we decided to join forces and I joined the adventures a bit more than two years ago now to, to lead Priceable. But to your second question, Priceable then was actually not my idea in terms of name, but it is coming from actually the Hubble telescope. This idea that we actually want to go to see further, to look into what we don't see today and bring more transparency at the end of the day to real estate and what we actually wanted to improve as a key pinpoint that we wanted to improve not only in Switzerland, but actually across Europe um, and globally um, overall. Ah, okay. Understood. Understood. So like a Hubble telescope, understood. So... What, but what is the problem that you're solving? Let's dive into this a bit more and explain it. Yeah, I mentioned um, this already. So I think there's two main pain points that we're trying to, to address. And the first one is a lack of transparency into real estate today. It is still very difficult, whether it's for professionals um, in real estate or for end consumer, to get um, reliable information and complete information. Right? It's a lot of different sources. It's not always clear what's what's correct, what's not. And that's what we're trying to, to correct here. We're trying to build one of the most comprehensive, accurate, and up-to-date real estate database out there um, to be able to come up with the right type of data and insights for a customer. Um, and the second pain point is what we discussed earlier with, with us, is the fact that while the project movement had helped a lot, real estate is still lagging behind industry when it comes to the digitalization. Not much has been done for the end consumer. It's changing now, but it took a lot of time. And we are trying to bring back that digitization, bring back um, that consumer experience um, to a higher level than it is today. All right. But let's paint a picture for if you want to zoom in on a customer persona or a customer journey, as people call it. So let's say that somebody is looking to buy an apartment in Switzerland then how would they use Price Hubble? What kind of information or what kind of transparency do you bring? Is that about pricing 
or the quality of the real estate. Maybe you want to check that there was no incinerator there uh, years ago, right? Like in uh, some cities, stuff like that. What can you find out using Priceable? I think one third thing we need to mention here is that Priceable is actually a B2B company, right? So we are not dealing directly with the end consumer. We are serving them through our customers, but those are not the, the players or the, the personas that, and that we tackle right away. So our customers would be more, and if you talk about the buy-in, um, as you just mentioned it in your example, would be an advisor to that buyer, could be a real estate agent, a mortgage broker, um, or a banker. Those are the customers that we're going to help that will actually serve um, their customer um, later on. And if you look at it from a buyer perspective, from the lens of a buyer, again, what you want to know is actually whether you're making the right decision. Um, and you're going to want to make sure that the people advising you when it comes to buying the property or getting a mortgage on the property know what they're talking about. So we have solutions that will help a mortgage broker or realtor bring all the insight that you need about a property, whether it's a valuation, the comparables about the neighborhood, and the short-term forecast on that property. We try to give you the tools, the insight that you need to make sure that it is actually the right property um, for you. So that's the way we actually serve our customers. In addition to that, I would say a bank or a realtor don't want to just be in touch with the customer once at the time of transaction, but ideally would want to have that relationship um, on the longer term, right? Once you have a transaction, usually you lose your customer. We help with the property um, in mind and at the center of that relationship, we help the realtor and the end customer um, to stay in touch with each other. The realtor or the banker can um, give updates on the property, whether there was a change in prices, whether there's a change in neighborhood, and they can actually that way stay in touch with their end consumer, with the buyer or the seller, um, and give them more information about the neighborhood, about the market, about the property, um, and be much more relevant um, to them. Thanks for the clarification. So a business of, B2B business, of course, now for the end consumers, what that means is that they buy real estate once or handful times of in their life. But for the agents, for the advisors, they do it every day. So if you're targeting that group, what is the, your competitive edge? What is the unique selling proposition that you have or you can even compare it to your competitors. Why would agents turn to you or why would they turn from their traditional ways of doing things like getting that information on their own from different sources? I think on, on, on your last point, getting it on their own is always very time consuming. And at the end of the day, it's not worth the effort for them to do that. That's why they turn to solutions like ours. Now, when it comes to, to the competitive edge, I think it's always start with the data. And what we know is that real estate is a very local market at the end of the day. What Priceable has done is managed to find a way to build an infrastructure that is scalable. That's why we are in, in nine countries today. Um, and that scalability allows us to make much bigger investment than our competitors that would only look at one market. And that's why we have one of the largest team on the data tech, data science side dedicated to real estate in Europe. Um, and those efforts, those investments allow us to make sure that we are ahead when it comes to the data quality and ahead when it comes to the technology and the solution that we bring to our customers. And that's one of the biggest edge. And that scalability also helps us a lot when it comes to acquiring talents, right? We have a bigger brand, we have a bigger name. And that way, we also know that it's a war of talents out there. And that is helping us to make sure that we attract um, the best talents in the industry, whether they're in Switzerland um, or abroad. All right, understood. You both see a lot of information related to real estate, so I'm not uh, fishing for uh, the investment advice and 
please don't take it as such. But I'd, I'd like to hear your views on where do you see the growth in real estate in Switzerland? Where do you see the opportunities in the new future? Commercial, residential, recreational, what kind of opportunities do you think there are there? Maybe Lars first at uh, this time. Sure. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, if I think about real estate right now, I think about prices first thing comes to mind. It's crazy right now. Nobody really believed that over the past 30 years, they could these prices could grow so much. So I think it's still a very attractive market um, to invest in, uh, Switzerland as a general, because as I said before, we have so much money to invest, right? Our country is, um, is very rich and there are so many opportunities to invest this money in. Um, I think another topic that might be very hot in the future will be elderly living. So there is a lot of buzz going around right now about senior living and about new methods of living. So it might be might be a very hot topic in the future. For example, I can give you one example that it's called Embassies. It's a Swiss prop tech. Um, they got a, a large investment by Porsche, which sells cars that are normally <laughs> driven by elderly people. So people realize this need for um, housing for the uh, in the future for the elderly people we're staying at home longer we're growing older so it's going to be one of the biggest and most important topics i think and but personally i think that the most important um topic or the most uh, potential lies in the way we actually build buildings as i said before so i think we have to rethink the way we use materials and the, what kind of materials we will use in the future so one example um, being um, 3D printing, for example. I think in the next 10 years, a lot of our houses that we live in and flats that we build will be printed. They won't even be constructed, but they will be printed physically out. And I think that um, recycled recycled materials will have a very important function in the future. So, for example, recycled concrete or 3D printed concrete, actually. There is a member of Swiss Project that does that. So they do a printer for, for concrete. I think one of the other big challenges and opportunities for our for the Swiss PropTech scene especially, will be thinking together. As I said before, there are over 350 PropTechs in Switzerland, but there is only so many customers that will actually buy the solutions. So they will have to learn to work together, to think that one and one equals three if they get to collaborations and if they start partnerships. Because from a customer point of view, they won't buy... Um, 10 different PropTech solutions, they'll buy the one, but that will have to solve all their needs. So another big trend, I think, will lie in the way we uh, work together. All right. And from your perspective, Julian? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go back to something you said, Rudy, at the beginning um, of the podcast. You talked about fintech versus PropTech. Um, I think that is a trend that we've seen and truly believe into, that those two industries are getting closer to each other and will continue to do so. And, and what I'm talking about when, I'm, when I say that is there's a lot of players in the financial industry, such as banks, that realized that they were not doing enough when it comes to working with their customer base around real estate. We actually, a couple of weeks ago, announced a partnership with Credit Suisse, which goes exactly in that direction. Um, it's a bank that were not working on the real estate so far, and that is now proposing kind of a, a dashboard, um, a cockpit for the property owner. So as, a, as an owner of a property and customer from Credit Suisse, you will get all the information that you need about your property. And, and those, this trend is, is something that we see everywhere in all countries, not just in Switzerland. And truly believe that we have a few players in the financial industry moving closer to real estate and a few players in real estate that portals that actually want to go closer to the financial industry through the mortgages, for example. 
So those two are going to become one. Um, and that's truly a, a trend that, that we see. And back to your moat question a bit earlier to them, something that we've understood very early and really want to help. Um, how can we, as a, as a player, as a prop tech player, how can we foster that transition and, and bring those two industries and bridge the gap between those two industries closer together? I see. Let's uh, let's uh, double down on this and maybe come back to the dreaded pandemic a little bit as well, because um, of course there were a lot of people who were negatively affected by this in in the business world, in addition to the human human impact. But uh, there were also some companies and sectors that benefited from acceleration of digitization, etc. As you mentioned, Lars, at the beginning. So I know we've done a study on the Swiss PropTech, you do it every year, right? So how receptive has been the Swiss real estate sector to PropTech solutions now versus how it used to be before the pandemic? So as you said, we do this study every year and we do it together with Credit Suisse. And I think the receptiveness to PropTech solutions has steadily been growing over the past years, but actually increased um, a lot in, in this year. Because we've seen that they work. One example being virtual tours, virtual uh, 360-degree reality tours of apartments. So during um, the lockdown in 2020, uh, it wasn't possible to actually visit, to physically visit these apartments. And PropTechs were around and offered these tours to give you an impression of the apartment, of the flat or the object you want to move in or you want to buy. So it wasn't as good as physically going there, but it was almost as good. And... That solutions basically help our entire movement to gain more recognition and more awareness because people suddenly realized, wow, we can do this. We can actually use these digital alternatives, uh, these digital prop tech solutions. We can use them and we can actually integrate them. So we, they started to believe in that and it was a huge um, accelerator, so to say. And in our study, we also found out that this was this year's study, that optimism within these company founders and executives, it still reigns. So they believe the next year will be even better. They actually um, expect growing turnovers for 2022 in the double digits. I think the biggest reason was that the crisis proved that PropTech solutions work, gained awareness. And now in the next year, people are ready to actually implement those um, solutions and will start allocate the budgets for it. And because they understand that PropTechs, uh, they're not just a trend, right? So they're the future. And But to guarantee that, normally, we also found out that three, su uh, three success factors have to be met. PropTech solutions, they must serve a need that a client has. Core team has to be working. And as Julian also said before, the product has to be scalable. Because if a product's not scalable, people won't invest in it or they won't consider it. Absolutely. Julian, how did you see it from your perspective? Was it the same impact on your business or was it a little bit different? We've seen a similar impact. I think there's two main trends, I would say, that we've seen during the pandemic. The first one is um, what Lars talked about, the fact that a lot of our customers, obviously not just with the pandemic, but also with, the, with lockdowns, uh, were not able to see their customers, right? As a realtor, you could not meet your buyers. Um, at the bank, you could not actually um, meet the person that wanted to, to get a mortgage. And they had to find ways to be much more efficient when it comes to convincing those people that they should still buy or find their properties. Um, and that's why the, the digital solutions that we had, in a way, helped them a lot, not only to acquire um, customer more efficiently, remotely, but also nurture the customer that they had and that they wanted to stay in contact with. And I think that's really a, a move on the retention 
customer wanted to make sure that they stayed close to their customer despite um, the distance. And the second one we've seen is the fact that bigger players also realized that was the time for them to rethink strategically what they were doing um, around digitization. Right? They, a lot of executives were at home, home office, they had actually a bit time to think strategically and a lot of big projects actually moved um, to the next level, to the next stage during those times because it was at the time of we need to rethink the way we do things in our in our business. Good to hear. So to wrap up, I just would like to ask you what's the best way to reach out and find out more about the Swiss PropTech Association or, or Priceable. Lars? So you can get in touch with us by joining one of our events. Most of them are open for um, non-members because, as I said at the beginning, we want to really bridge those two worlds together. And by doing that, we are also opening us up to... Um, yeah, to guests who want to physically see our world. We're also hosting various partner events. So the next one will be our presence at Emo 22, in which we'll moderate a PropTech pitch. And then we'll also be available again in April in the Western part of Switzerland during rent. And our biggest event, the Swiss PropTech Day, will take in June and will partake in June. It'll be probably hosted around Zurich. So yeah, so you can get in touch with us by joining our events or by dropping us a quick note on our website and uh, we'll reach out to you within 24 hours. And Julian and Price Hubble? Oh, and same thing, quick note on, on our LinkedIn, our webpage, we'll get back to you um, very soon. And otherwise, we are joining most of the events um, that the Swiss PropTech and Lars are organizing. So you'll definitely find it there. Um, and if you have any other um, event um, related to real estate in Switzerland for B2B professionals, um, we are usually there. Lars mentioned the rent. Um, I can tell you for sure that we'll be present and have a booth there if you want to, to meet us. Um, so happy to, to see you there. Wonderful. So thank you so much, Lars and Julian, and good luck to Swiss PropTech Association and Priceable. Thanks a lot, Rudy, and thanks us uh, for being part of the podcast. Thank you, Julian, for joining, and thank you, Rudy, for organizing this. It's been great, great fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.